sitting alone in an old rocking chair. I saw my father with silvery hair. He seemed so neglected by those who still care, rocking alone in an old rocking chair. His hands were all calloused, wrinkled, and old. A life of hard work was the story they told. And I thought of angels as I saw him there, rocking alone in an old rocking chair. Bless his heart, do you think he'd complain? Life has been bitter, though. He'd live it again and carry the crest that is more than his share, rocking alone in an old rocking chair. It wouldn't take much to gladden his heart, just some small remembrance on somebody's part. A letter would brighten his empty life there, rocking alone in an old rocking chair. When I was on the radio back in the late 70s, I used to say... Hello everyone, this is Jamie Lee, sitting in this 50,000-watt rocking chair playing the music you want to hear. <laughs> well, today, I'm sitting in this rocking chair at a much older age, broadcasting to you from my home in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Roanoke, Virginia. Yes, sitting alone in an old rocking chair. I used to love sitting on our front porch as a kid and listen to my father tell us boys stories about people he knew around the community where he grew up. Here is a story about a guy that was a few cards short of a full deck named Spud Wolfner. He lived with his parents off a country road in Frenchton, West Virginia. His brother Jim lost his feet when he had too much to drink and fell asleep in a barn on a cold winter's night, and they had to amputate or remove his feet because they were frostbitten. Some say their mom and dad were related because their kids were a little crazy. One of my brothers spent the night with a friend at the Wolfners and said their parents had to keep a chain and lock on the refrigerator because Spud would eat all the food up in it. I first met Spud at Tuck Hayes' gas station in French Creek. He was out roaming about like he always did, walking around Rock Cave, Frenchton, and French Creek communities. Spud walked up to my dad and asked him for a smoke. Bill, Bill, I want a smoke, Bill. Bill, I want smoke. Bill, 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 I want smoke. I asked Dad, who was this crazy man? And he said, ah, that's just Spud. He won't hurt you. He just acts that way. He's been around here for years. So every once in a while when we were out, we would see Spud walking, shaking his head from side to side and talking to himself. I always wondered what happened to Spud. This little village of Frenchton in Upshur County had its share of strange characters. I mean, there was this hermit named Jack Franklin. He lived on the West Fork River, about a mile from Frenchton. He lived under a rock that was called Coon's Den. It was not a big cave, but big enough for a man to walk under. 
Jack was crippled and walked with a limp. People around the community would, were kind of afraid of him. His hair was black, and he had lots of dogs. I saw Jack a few times. He wore top-cutter shoes with a pocket for a hunter's knife. Wilson Harper had a small store in the town of Frenchton, and there was one time old Hopping Jack stopped in to pick up some vittles. It wasn't long before they got into a confrontation. Mind your own business! Don't fool around me, Hatfield. I've got McCoy in me. Jack was a feisty old rascal for sure. During Jack's residence on Slab Camp Run, we were fortunate in finding a few people who recalled incidents of his life. A fellow named George Henry Wyant recalled, He lived at Slab Camp Run for quite a few years and then moved to another rock on Drag Camp over in Webster County, not too far from the Long Run Community Church. Jack was not lazy. He always raised a garden and had a patch of corn. He would also work some for other people. I think he got a check of some kind. I'm not sure if it was a welfare check or not, but he always had money. He got most of it playing poker. He was a good poker player. I ate with Jack a lot of times. The food was good. He bought some stuff at stores. He had a bed back under the rock, and he walled up the opening of the rock with small rocks and wood. He always kept dogs, sometimes lots of them. I know it was rumored that he ate dogs, but I don't think he ever ate any of them. One winter, Jack froze his feet. He had no feeling in them and got them too close to the fire and burnt them bad. He had taken off quite a few toes from both in order to save his feet. I'm not dead! Jack was about 5 feet 10 inches tall and weighed around 135 pounds. He was slender. His arms looked like skin and bones. He seldom wore a shirt. He usually wore his pants legs rolled up just below the knees and frequently went barefoot. He wore a black leather belt around his waist, a big belt with rivets on the side like you see on horse harnesses with copper rivets. He carried a hatchet with a curved handle in the belt. He kept the hatchet sharp enough to shave with. He carried it everywhere he went. He had a bad limp and had multiple scars on his legs that looked as though they were the results of bullet wounds. He wore an old ball cap, and it was weathered as were all his clothes. When he wore shoes, which was seldom, there were no strings in them. He had to be smart to find a cave close to the road and close to water. It had to be where he could get in and out and be well secluded so nobody would come in. It also had to be a good hunting area because he had to live on squirrels and other wild animals. How many of us could survive living just off the land? About the only thing he bought at the store was salt and sugar. He bought 100-pound bags of middlings, which is a commercial feed mixture usually used to feed hogs. 
He made his biscuits or crock bread out of middlings. He made bread for his dogs, and he ate it himself. One of his dogs was named J.R., and he called him Jarcan. The other he called, Here, boy. In 1969, a book entitled Best of Hillbilly was published. It contains excerpts from the West Virginia Hillbilly newspaper, a Richwood, West Virginia publication. The article reads, He lived 22 years in a cave. Hermit says he's part Indian and part Hatfield. For more than 20 years... A fellow by the name of Jack Franklin has lived in a cave in the mountain fastness of Webster County and probably would have never been heard of at all if it weren't for the sad and painful fact that he had misjudged the severity of the winter and failed to lay in enough firewood to see him through the night. A neighbor found him with his feet frozen dreadfully in the DPA with with the help of Cleveland Mountain neighbors in the Webster County Sheriff's Office, carried the man out and sent him off to Elkins for medical treatment. Jack Franklin had been a woodhick in his early days in Webster County, having been born, or so many informants are led to believe, in Kentucky. He came to West Virginia from Tennessee, where he had had an altercation with a man over a dog. After years of working in the woods, Jack thought less of people and more of woods and found for himself a nice cave some five miles from Cleveland on Cleveland Mountain. And there he dwelt apart in his dog-filled firmament. He got a small relief check and spent despairingly. When he felt that he owed himself a treat, he would buy a can of Vienna sausage and a loaf of bread. The rest of the check went for the most staple of staples, flour, salt, sugar, etc. He had two caves in his time, a kind of summer and winter home. The summer cave was blessed with a small clearing where he raised a crop of corn. He had a corn grinder which made a coarse meal for a kind of corn dodger. He had no oven. The batter was put into a skillet and fried over hot coals. He made the same kind of concoction out of flour and water. People who knew him in his earlier hermit days say they often ate with him, and he was a clean cook. In later days, however, cleanliness became less apparent. He always had a pack of dogs. In winter, they slept on the ears of corn, and frequently man and dogs bedded down together, especially in the winter. Of the pack, two were more or less favorites. He seemed to be able to understand the dogs, and they him. A dog always kept watch over the cave while the master was out hunting. Jack Franklin is one of the world's best hunters, say the Webster's people. Some remember when he had a gun, but in later years he restored to the bow and arrow. Folks claim that he considered any meat of the woods edible. They were quite sure that included possums and skunks. He denied it when the subject was mentioned, but I'm pretty sure that he ate one of the his dogs once. It was the one that wasn't so good at hunting and really not much good for anything. The people were surprised that Jack Franklin would become a victim of frozen feet, although one neighbor wasn't. I passed the cave some weeks ago, and it didn't look like to me that he had enough firewood in case of a big snow. 
Others think that he put too much stock in the meteorological powers of the woolly worm and hadn't prepared for a winter. Still others attribute his 72 years of age as the trouble. Man that old ought to be in a house, said one. Evidently, the welfare agency called and agreed, and he was taken to Nellie's rest home in Elkins. This was likely only the second time he had taken medical treatment. Once before, he was in St. Joseph's Hospital in Buckhannon, and some say the hospital had quite a time with him because when he got better, he got homesick for his dogs and really put up a fight to get out. Jack Franklin will surprise you. He is bald on top, but has grayish hair about his ears and is rather distinguished looking with his small mustache. I am part Indian and part Hatfield, Jack says. This fellow asked me if I would have a drink, and I had one, and then he said, I'm going to whip you. I didn't see any sense fighting him, and I said, No, let's not fight. And he up and hit me, and I really lit into him. We were both bloody. I bit him, bit his ear clear off. He went to the hospital, and... I went to jail. What happened to Jack? Well, he passed away at 3.40 a.m. on a Wednesday, March 7, 1962. Some effort was made to find next of kin. There being none, Jack's body was turned over to Smith Funeral Home in Weston. His body was donated to the Health Sciences Center of West Virginia University. It was used by students training to become surgeons. As I look back now as a youngster, sitting on that front porch swing while Dad told us stories from his rocking chair, those were some good times with my brothers growing up. I remember the big house that I grew up in. It was old. It had a flowing rose bush that my grandmother loved and blooming lilac trees on the side of the house. I can hear the familiar sound of my relatives on that front porch telling stories and enjoying one another's company like they did every Sunday afternoon. It is now that I realize how lucky I was to have grown up in that environment. I often heard it stated that you can never go home again. But those days showed me that what I experienced as a kid was deep in my soul and embedded in my memory. Whenever I want to go home, I summon up those memories and return whenever I want. Everyone who lived on Hoovertown Road was proud of their heritage. I'm not sure about Spud Woofner and Jack Franklin. This is Jamie. Thanks for listening. Anyone for some possum? I don't need your rocking chair. Your Geritone or your Medicare. Well, I still got me on in my van. This gray hair don't mean a thing I do my rocking on 
for the junkyard, yeah. 